Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and your emotions. How is your emotional intelligence going these days? Edge Got In podcast is the voice of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project. You can explore that at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Our mission statement at Emotional Intelligence in Christ is to create learning systems that lead to the experience of God's love, which empower individuals to manage emotions and behaviors that glorify God. The definition of emotional intelligence in Christ is the activation, my friends, of the Holy Spirit within us, the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us to help us do two things, discern and manage our personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. We're in the middle of Advent right now, and there are actually three phases of Advent that we're invited to walk through and experience. One of them, of course, is visiting the manger, the gift of Jesus, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we we also celebrate not only the coming of Jesus um, as our Savior on Christmas, but also the coming of Jesus within our heart personally. What does that look like for you these days? How are you drawing close to Jesus or perhaps opening up your heart, creating a manger, so to speak, for Jesus to rest within? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are tired and afflicted, and I will comfort you. Matthew eleven twenty six. How are you opening up your heart and allowing him to comfort you these days? That's the second part of the Advent season. One, celebrating the gift of, of Jesus, God sending his son as an infant in humility to save our souls. Two, what are we doing personally to open our hearts to allow Jesus a resting place within us? And three, we also take a look of his second coming. What does that look like? How are we to live knowing this, knowing that Jesus promises to come back again? What kind of lives, as Paul says, ought we to live? We should wait in eager expectation and humility, living out loving kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience toward one another with eager expectation that he will return. I was praying the other day, Lord, help me to live today as if you're returning tomorrow. Help me to live today as if you're returning tomorrow. What would I shift in my thoughts, what I'm giving three rent to? What would I shift in my behavior toward others around me, particularly those closest to me? The people closest to us often are the ones that push our buttons the most. And believe it or not, the people that push our buttons actually reveal where we're stuck. It gives us an opportunity to examine our consciousness. Hey, what's that about for me? Be also aware that when you are triggered by any human being that you happen to run into, it's always a great day, right? When you wake up with Jesus until you run into a human being and then shazam, we get hijacked into our minds between our two ears. And then that's when when uh, the animal planet starts to show up. 
We attribute false motives to people that trigger us in life, my friends. Be very aware of that because that's an entry point for Satan to slither into. Because his biggest desire is to create division between us. And how does he do that? We learned that in the previous podcast. And in fact, today I decided to push the pause button a little bit and continue the conversation on the last two podcasts. Not sure if you've had the opportunity to listen to the last two podcasts. That's okay. Come as you are today. We're going to be doing kind of the Cliff Notes version. I'm aging myself. That's the shorter version. And just pulling out the the key strong points that we can transfer into our lives. The first podcast that we're going to review is the one that was with Father Vincent Lampert entitled Spiritual Warfare Wisdom from an Exorcist. If you didn't have an opportunity to listen to that, visit us at edgegodin.com. And there's a search button there. You can just put in one word. Uh, Johnny Erickson Tata is the second podcast, which was last week. And that's how to practice the presence of Jesus with Johnny Erickson Tata. Very powerful one. And they walk hand in hand, which is why today I wanted to have a conversation again about how that looks for us. What do we do with those learnings from, from Father Vincent Lampert, as well as from Johnny Erickson Tata? What do we do from the, from the nuggets that we learn from those two podcasts? And I intentionally put them back to back. One week, the first week was the spiritual warfare wisdom from an exorcist. The second week was with Johnny Erickson Tata. We were exploring that uh, that practice of practicing the presence of Jesus day in and day out. It's a solution to the attacks that Satan tries to make on our lives. As we practice the presence of Jesus, that gives us victory when it comes to spiritual warfare. So let's take a look at that. Again, the two sites to explore if you're looking for more information is edgegodin.com. That's where all of the podcasts are housed. You can go there and put in a topic um, and and look at and a bunch of different podcasts will come up to support you with where you're at. You can also visit us at, at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. You'll find a course there and you'll also find two assessments, a six-week study guide, and the original Emotional Intelligence in Christ book that is an interactive book as well. We're about to enter into a new year with the Lord. Thanks be to God that he's blessed us with a new year of life. And it's a wonderful time to reflect on, hmm, how have I given my emotions power to define my behavior? And Holy Spirit, show me what you desire for me to clean house before I even enter a new year, if you will me into another year. Because if God were to cease to think of us, my friends, we'd cease to exist. So as Paul says, be very careful saying, oh, we're going to be in next year, we're going to do this or that, because we don't even know if we will still be wearing the earth suit tomorrow. So there's that urgency to be here now. And also there is some wisdom in looking forward in terms of what do I want to prune for growth in my life to draw closer to God. So let's jump into today's podcast, which which I mentioned is a review of the last two podcasts, and how do we really make that practical for us when it comes to standing against the devil's trickery and practicing the presence of Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, I just pray that the words in my mouth, meditations in my heart would be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone who is pushing the pause button today. 
What do you have for us, Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Guide us closer to you this day than we were yesterday, and move our hearts to land on what you want us to take with us after today's podcast to draw us closer to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A little review on the podcast, Spiritual Warfare Wisdom from an Exorcist. Let's start with the scripture because Jesus used this MO when he was standing in the desert face to face with the devil. So should we. 1 John 4 4 says, He who is greater, he who is within you, is greater than the one who's in the world. Let's apply that. What is it in your life today? that you're giving power to that is resulting in negative emotions. Perhaps it's fear, doubt, worry, comparison, jealousy, maybe just an overall sense of discouragement. Remember, my friend, that the one who lives within you is greater than the one who's in the world that is whispering lies because his goal is discouragement. In the podcast with Father Lampert, he shared four specific activities of the devil that he does in our lives. And this is going to be the focus of today in terms of this podcast review. The four ordinary activities of the devil are deception, division, diversion, discouragement. Let's unpack this a little bit for application. Satan slithers into the entry points in our lives through the archway of despair, hopelessness, discouragement. He gains ground. He takes over uh, our, our landscape between our two ears, which is why Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed. How do we conform to the world? Between our two ears that spills into our behavior. And how are we transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Let's understand three things. There are three guiding principles, as Father Lampert pointed out, of society today. Three guiding principles, and you can see them if you look to the right or to the left, and within. <laughs> Always within first, my friends, because you can't give out what you're not mastering within. These three guiding principles of society today is, one, you can do whatever you want. Two, no one has the right to command you. Three, you are the god of yourself. What is the ramification of this? Identity theft. I don't even know who I am, why I'm here, what my purpose is. Individualism. Whatever the truth is, you can choose it. There is no God. I'm the God. Now, understand that Genesis chapter 3, this is the same theme, different stage. This is exactly what the serpent used when he hijacked Eve and Adam. He first planted deception, and that's the first ordinary activity of the devil in our lives. He's deceiving us. No, no, no. That's, that's not what God said. God said this, and so he can't create anything, so what he does is he takes what's already created, 
and he punches holes in it to create an impoverished view of reality. No, no, no. She, she, she doesn't like you. Look at her facial expressions. No, no, no. She, they don't think you're doing a good job. They didn't include you on the team meeting. They didn't invite you to to the uh, the group celebration as as a result of finishing this new initiative. They don't appreciate what you're doing. He's constantly planting doubt, self-doubt within us, and and that's deception. So just know that that's one of the things that that he does. Also know this, Jesus is on your side. 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared is to destroy the works of the devil. This is a verse that we often overlook and understand as things are getting dark out there. The reason why Jesus came was to destroy the work of the devil. What is the work of the devil? Kill, steal, and destroy. Rinse and repeat. Kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10, Jesus declares, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill our sense of peace, destroy our purpose, steal our identity. He's doing this constantly at a rapid rate. So remember, I remember when I was training for my black belts, constantly training outside the ring so that I could have success in the ring. This is what this is. This is training outside of the ring so that we can have success in the ring of spiritual warfare, understanding the tactics of the devil. And my friends, it's a rinse and repeat program he's using. So open up your eyes, your ears, by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and a heart to respond to the trickery. <laughs> he's, he's not doing anything new. And as we heard in the podcast, Spiritual Warfare Wisdom from an Exorcist Perspective, when Father Lampert went to his first exorcism in Rome, there was a mentorship program, and he walked in the room under the mentorship of a friar. I love that he was a Franciscan, Francis, Franciscan um, friar, and he was the exorcist in Rome at the time, and that's who Father Lampert studied under. And so his first exorcist, a true, true um, exorcist of someone who was possessed, because that's the biggest part of exorcism is to discern, is it a mental is it, a, is it a mental illness or is it actually a possession? And that's what he spends a lot of his time doing with, with the 3,500 requests is discernment. Well, this time it was a full possession that he walked in the room with the paper towels and a plastic bag. Father Lampert was watching this protocol and thought everything was fine until the priest put holy water on this woman and instantly her eyes rolled back. She started to foam at the mouth and the priest was un unmoved. He just continued with the prayers in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And that that's the thing to remember, too, that the ministry of exorcism, the focus is always on what God is doing to help the person who is afflicted by evil. It comes from the, the Greek word um, exorcismos, which is an instant request manifested before God and directed against demons to bind with an oath for the sake of the person who is oppressed and possessed. And so this Franciscan priest just kept on going because he knew the power that was within him 
Ephesians 3.20, was greater than in the one in the world. Now, what he reveals to us in that podcast is Satan doesn't like to manifest himself, particularly in the midst of an exorcist exorcism protocol because he knows he doesn't stand a chance. However, his pride is so great that he can't help himself. And so many times with the outward manifestations, this is the kind of stuff that he encounters. And so the foaming of the mouth, the rolling back of the eyes, and then the uh, the demon within the woman, and he was very clear about distinguishing the fact that it's the demon, not the person. The person is still a child of God who's been hijacked by this demon, which I thought was very respectful. And exorcism allows people to know the truth that anyone who wants to be found, anyone who wants to be found, can never be lost to God. And so it's a recovery, as we hear in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared is to destroy the works of the devil. So in this situation, the demon was, being that this was the first exorcism that Father Lampert was going through, was trying to use smoke and mirrors and, and throwing all his tricks out there to get him into fear. Like, look at me, look at how powerful I am. And I guess that's a common occurrence in, in his field as an exorcist. And so he remembers the demon raised the body. She was levitating above the chair and the, the friar just didn't even skip a beat, put his hand on her head, pushed it back down, kept praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the prayers that he prays for exorcism, and was unfazed. And the lesson for us, my friends, is to be unfazed by the antics of the devil. His deception, division, diversion, discouragement. Do not touch, do not taste. Holy Spirit, show us where we're being deceived. Be present to the work of the Holy Spirit within you to show you where you are being deceived. This is a powerful prayer, my friends. God has asked me to do a couple things in my life, even in the last couple of weeks, that I was being deceived in one way and I took an action another way because of his guidance. He loves us so much. He loves you right where you're at and loves you enough not to leave you there. So praying for wisdom in the midst of deception, show me what is deceiving me in my life, God. Know that deception is an ordinary activity of the devil. He uses it on all of us, trying to trip us up. The closer you are to God, the more he tries to use his trickery to deceive us and divert and, and create division. That's his number one, one of his number one tactics, deception and division. He wants to divide us, divide us from each other, divide us from God. Well, look to the right and the left. What's happening? Division left and right at a rapid rate. Do not participate, my friends. Keep your heart grounded in the love of Christ and ask him what he wants you to do today with the people he's entrusted with your care. Satan is about division, dividing us, dividing us first and foremost from our relationship with God. So my question to you, what is distracting you from your relationship with the Lord these days? What is calling out your name that you're following more than the voice of God? That leads to diversion. And we see that all over the place. I get diverted all the time. My to-do list is so important, right? Checking things off. I'm a high, a high D in the disc chart. 
which is what I use with clients for discernment and personality and behavior, that means that I am very driven, very, very task-driven to get things done. And the problem with that is I can get hijacked by my to-do list and attach my sense of worth and value to it. There's nothing wrong with doing um, as long as we're doing what we're doing for the glory of God. When we start doing things for ourselves, that's when that's when things start to to be built on sand and will fall. So be very careful of the division that's happening within your life and the diversion. What do you what is in your life today that is diverting your attention from God? And I'm purposely pausing at this point. What is it in your life that is diverting your attention from God these days? Invite the Holy Spirit to show you. Because when he does, it's very freeing. Because you realize the compassion of God once again. Thank you, Lord, that you love me enough not to leave me here. Because I don't want to be diverted from you. Because in you and through you, that is my peace. That is my purpose. And the final ordinary activity of the devil is discouragement. That's his end result and desire is to totally discourage us. He's done it before since the beginning of time. Rinse and repeat, he's doing it again, left and right. Suicide rates are higher than ever, mental illness, all kinds of manifestation of confusion. Discouragement is his end result. Starts with deception. Did God really say that? No, he didn't really say that. You can do whatever you want. No one has the right to command you to do anything. You're the God of yourself. That's relativism. That leads to individualism. There is no truth. That's deception. There is truth. <laughs> we know that. We know that to be true deep down behind closed doors when we lay in bed at night. There is truth and there is falsehood. And to find out what that is, there's only one source for that. As Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Show me what truth is, Lord. Give me wisdom to know good from good from evil that I may pursue good from, from what you want me to pursue and avoid evil. Deception, division, diversion, discouragement. Be aware of those four ordinary activities of the devil in your life. What is it for you? Deception, what is deceiving you? What is dividing you? from the people in, in your life. Just know that it will always come from pride. Pride is the root of, of, of all evil, including greed, selfishness, jealousy, envy, strife, comparison, offense, all of those things that are hijacking us these days. Division, diversion, what's diverting you, diverting your attention from fixing your eyes on Jesus. He is the ultimate guider, and fulfiller of your purpose on earth. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Many times I've said, hey, resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist the devil and he'll flee. However, lately I've really been leaning into the first part of that verse, which is submit yourself to God. That's the part that gives us success to resist the devil. As we submit ourselves to God, God, how do you want me to speak? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to handle this conflict? It's not that we push things under the rug. If you're not included in a meeting, 
and and you're you're getting hijacked by uh, FOMO, feeling feeling feelings of being left out, and Satan's messing with your self confidence. No, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you shake that off as quickly as possible. Do not touch. Do not taste. And you come back to the Lord and say, Lord, my feelings are hurt in this situation. Show me how you want me to handle this. Give me the words to say. And then you have a constructive conversation. And you stay above the line with your emotions. And you're honest and humble. Hey, I noticed that my name wasn't included on the meeting. Was just curious about that. So rather than making up motivations for people, which is where Satan has a lot of fun when it comes to the area of dividing us, he creates false motives in our mind, and then we create all kinds of stories. We mind read. We even fortune tell. I think this is the way it's going to turn out. It's not going to work out for me. All kinds of lies. Rather than facing the truth, God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And you go right in, knowing that the Lord your God is with you. And he will give you wisdom and discernment to come to solution, always to come to solution. Rather than fighting it on your own through your emotions, you get off the stage of the emotions. Ask yourself the coaching question, what's this really about? Separate the person from the issue, as we talk about in Sherpa Executive Coaching. Separate the person from the issue. What is this issue really about? Because that's where Satan kind of slithers in and hijacks us. And then we start playing the devil's game. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. We're living in very unique times of human history, my friends, where people are choosing to move in the wrong direction. And there is a large group that is intentionally pursuing evil. There's also a very large group that don't think that it's evil. And this is where Father Lampert will get a lot of calls. People think it's totally innocent. The activity and opening the doors he talks about eight entry points in his book, Exorcism, by Father Lampert. And the book is actually on the site, the link to the site, if, if you look up the podcast, but it's Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons by Father Vincent Lampert. And he discusses eight entry points. We discussed two in the podcast, previous podcasts. Being aware of the four ordinary activities is, is important, which is why I'm choosing to focus on that in today's podcast. Where are you being deceived? How is, how is, how is uh, Satan dividing you in your relationships, creating misunderstandings, having you attribute false motives rather than just going straight in saying, hey, I'm thinking this, Did, am I off on this? And speaking the truth in love. Diversions, what's diverting your time from God, and what's and, and as a result, what discouragement are you experiencing in your life? Come back, my friends. This is a time of advent, of encountering Jesus, opening our lives to the gift of Him on how He comes to us. And how that intimacy with Jesus can change our lives. I read this morning in Psalms how God is a God of strength and a God of love. So if you're feeling weak today and unloved, remember, God is a God of strength and God is a God of love. Open wide your heart and invite his presence in to those areas of weakness and feelings of being unloved.
That's a lie. That's deception. So if you're in a position to write down those four ordinary activities of the devil, I encourage you to do so and bring them before the Lord. Take some time. Last 10 minutes before you fall asleep is considered sacred time because the mind, the mind, chews on basically what you think about the last 10 minutes before you fall asleep. Be very intentional about what you think about and are praying for and how you surrender yourself to God and what he places on your heart the last 10 minutes before you fall asleep goes into the subconscious mind and reemerges with more power the next day, good or bad. And you get to choose that in terms of what you focus on. So let's shift our attention to the second podcast, which was the week following Spiritual Warfare Wisdom from an Exorcist podcast. And that's practicing how to practice the presence of Jesus with Johnny Erickson Tata. Now, Father Lampert suggests, suggested three ways in which we can ward off the devil's trickery. One, reading the scriptures. Two, gathering, going to church, practicing the sacraments and, of your church and, and um, keeping, keeping gatherings, gatherings in Christ going. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. More than ever, we've got to stick together in terms of like-minded meaning followers of Jesus, following his ways, listening to what the scriptures say about following him and where to go. If you're not familiar with the scriptures, I invite you to enter into reading the Gospel of John, written by the disciple who followed Jesus, and lean in, ask the Holy Spirit, what is for you? So Johnny Erickson Tata and I did a podcast following this one, How to Practice the Presence of Jesus, based on her book, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. And she worked, she actually, one of her favorite books um, or, or meaningful books was by a Carmelite monk named Brother Lawrence, who lived through basically the drudgeries of monastery duties in the kitchen um, during the turbulence of France in the mid-1600s. And hundreds of years later, Johnny Erickson Tata, and Johnny Erickson Tata, got a hold of his book basically when she was a teenager. Read it, and it was really popular in the '70s, and then kind of put it on her bookshelf. During COVID, she brought it out again and started reading it, and was really moved to put this book together. Which again, God is God is so great with timing, right? I remember when I was in journalism school, and and we would always focus on looking for that timely and newsworthy topic. This topic is very timely and newsworthy today, both of which training up in spiritual warfare and practicing the presence of Jesus. So Johnny shared some of her thoughts and ideas about practicing the presence of Jesus. The one today that I really want to emphasize is simply put, found in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whatever you do, my friends, whatever you do, you're listening to this podcast right now, then you'll be doing something else if God desires to keep you in earth school. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, whether you eat, drink, or whatever, whatever it is. And that's in 1 Corinthians, Paul invites us 1031, 1 Corinthians 1031. Memorize that scripture. Know the four trickeries of the devil, the deception, the division, diversion, and discouragement. And remember this scripture, whatever you do, eat, drink, or whatever it is, do it all for the glory of God. 
what does this look practically day in and day out? Perhaps it starts with a simple prayer. Lord, help me to think about you more today than I did yesterday. Ah, so you're saying we have a chance. That's a small increment. Jesus is very compassionate. He adores you. He's kind. When it says that God is a jealous God, it, it's not the jealousy we experience. It's the jealousy for our time and attention because he knows as we focus on him, we will have life to the full. So he does it knowing the good that will come from that. So practice, practice spending more time, giving more space in your thought life before you do events, even in transition, to bring in the presence of Jesus day in and day out. And Johnny does a beautiful job in this book, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus, of modeling what that looks like, just small awarenesses. One night, she describes that she had a lot of pain and she was suffering, which she does daily, physically speaking. And her response to suffering, as she shared, is one of praising God, praying to God, asking God um, for his strength and declaring that strength from the scripture in her life. And the particular night where she was suffering with a lot of pain, she was focusing on the scriptures that declared, um, even though I'm weak, I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint. I will soar on the wings of the eagle. And she just kept declaring that over and over and over again, soaring on the wings of the eagle. And it got her through that night, through that very difficult night. The next morning, her friend pulled back the drapes, and it's Isaiah 40, 31, by the way. Um, Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And she kept declaring that and eventually fell back asleep, even though she was experiencing pain during that time. In the morning when her friend pulled back the drapes, she gasped, and stepped away from the bay window, and there perched on her small bird bath a massive hawk. And his talons were clutching to the ring, rim of, of the bird bath, and he arched and ruffled his feathers. And Johnny simply marveled at the awesome creature sitting serenely, a picture of supreme beauty and breathtaking power. And she remembered the precious gift of God, strength in the morning. And it was an tangible reminder to her, as we wait on the Lord, he gives us the grace to mount up on wings like a hawk, if not an eagle. Pray, my friends, for the Holy Spirit to show you how God shows up for you. This is something we don't usually pray, and it's very powerful. Dear God, I don't want to miss one opportunity to recognize how much you love me today how you desire to pull me close, to teach me your ways, to guide me into your truth. I don't want to miss one moment where you are reaching out to me to draw me close to yourself, to set me free from my worries and anxieties. Who am I to worry? Give me the grace to cast my affairs in your lap. Every true, blind, complete surrender produces the effect we desire, Lord. 
and resolves all difficult situations when we cast our care upon you, because you do take care of everything. So Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you. You take care of everything. Protect us in spiritual battle. Give us the grace and the protection against deceit, being deceived in our lives. Give us the grace of knowledge and give us the courage to stand against that. Protect us from deception, from division, diversion, and discouragement. We pray that you would watch over us and help us so that we can soar on the wings of the eagle, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Thank you that you are the Lord of our lives. Give us the grace to recognize the silent, holy night experience of your presence within our lives. Help us to halt the hustle for a moment, to breathe in your presence, to create a manger within our hearts. Come and rest within us, Lord. Renew our strength. You promise that all who are tired and afflicted, that you will comfort them. So, Lord, I pray for comfort on everyone who's listening in today, that you will bring them to that place of peace that passes all human understanding, and you'd prepare our hearts to receive you more profoundly this Advent than ever before. Oh, Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you. You take care of everything. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my friends, what was for you today? What stood out to you that you'd like to take before the Holy Spirit and transfer it into understanding, discernment, a shift in your behavior, your priorities? God doesn't waste anything. So there's a reason you're tuning in today. Whatever the Lord has put on your heart, write down and put it by your bedside. Continue to meditate on it and ask the Holy Spirit to make it come alive in your life. Studies show that whatever you learn, if you do write it down, it takes it to another level. If you put it by your bedside and you take time, the last 10 minutes before you fall asleep, for two to three nights in a row, you up the opportunity and the chance that you'll transfer it into your life into behavior, thought patterns, up to 85 to 90%. Be an active learner here. Times are dark, and God has overcome all of it. We know how it ends. So outshine the darkness, my friends. Know that God loves and adores you. Thank you for pushing the pause button, spending time with us today. May you be blessed. And may you experience the profound blessing of the Lord's presence this Christmas season. And Merry Christmas to you and your family.